You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. intentional but we're doing a lot of throwback Tuesdays or throwback Thursdays or whatever uh, we're on the old equipment again we're in his office where we get well this all started as we approached the uh, anniversary it's just kind of um, worked out and it's kind of cool that it's worked out that way but um, John how are we doing this week you're nodding to the, to the microphone which <laughs> yeah. is very helpful I was pondering oh, okay I'm good I'm good it's um, been busy busy week yeah but but doing good happy to be with you it's good to be here. Uh, I was actually not here on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm yeah, going you were to absent. blind. I was absent. The opposite of presence. We've already um, kind of alluded um, between each, each other um, yeah. to the irony of that fact. Mm-hmm. But um, that's okay because you're going to really help carry us through this as you always do. <laughs> so why don't you help me uh, and the listener get caught up on where we're on in this new uh, bold sermon series. Sure. So... Uh, if you have not been with us, you were not present uh, over the last two weeks. Um, we are. We just did our second week into a sermon series titled "Bold" that is looking at the membership vows um, of the United Methodist Church. Uh, you I call them membership vows, but really, um, they're part of part of a profession that we make when we join a United Methodist congregation. Um, of course, we start with professing a, our faith in Christ. Uh, remembering our baptism or becoming baptized if we haven't been baptized. And then we profess that we'll uh, support the local congregation with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're spending five weeks to look at those and see why those are important and um, what has been really big for, for me and and for us uh, on this journey is to look at them through the lens of covenant relationships. So if you're with us last week, we, we talked about that a little bit and just understanding the difference between covenantal and contractual relationships. That's a foundation for understanding even before we get to prayers and, and the rest of them. You got to understand covenant because covenant is being in community with each other bound by the Holy Spirit, but the covenant is based upon, um, it, it doesn't have conditions like contractual relationships to do. Yeah. And so that's really important to, to know that in a covenant relationship, it, what we make in the body is is to say, um, even if one of us, you know, aren't providing in the relationship or we're going through something difficult, like there's no, there's no easy way out. There's no get out of jail free card like this relationship is binding and it's and it's um it's just different than the way we use it we can shop churches we can go Mm -hmm. from service to service and we can go from relationship to relationship and friendship to friendship uh almost in a contractual way where we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't admit this probably, but we uh, keep our friends as long as they provide for us or we're benefiting from the relationship. Yeah. Um, otherwise, our friendships are probably just surface level and not very deep. And so, anyways, I want us to flip that a little bit. So that's that was kind of the foundation. So last week we looked at prayers, and this week was presence. 
Um, and we talked about how important it is, uh, first, that we vow to be present in each other's lives um, and that we uphold that and we understand what true presence is to not only allow ourselves to be present in the lives of others, like to be there, truly be there for people uh, through good and bad and ugly and, and joyful times and um, no matter what, to be present for those that you are now in covenant relationship with within the body of Christ at the church. Like mm-hmm. that's what the membership vow is about. And to also allow other people to be present in your life and to let your guard down and be vulnerable so that people can know you uh, and they can know your anxieties and your fears and your struggles and difficulties. Um, That happens in more intimate settings, in smaller groups. It doesn't happen with everyone equally in the in the body but it, it we do have a command kind of a burden a responsibility to make sure that we'll show up uh when someone needs it is that is that kind of you tracking with me a little yeah bit? for sure yeah and so that that was the base level of it and um kind of what we talked about uh, we didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of time to preach, and so there's a lot that mm-hmm. we could get into in 515 um, because we had a testimony about um, that, that stemmed from a second phase of Hurricane Harvey relief that we'll talk about in a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, anyways, we looked at Philippians chapter two this past week. It's a well-known, probably one of the most important texts that is in the New Testament. It's the um, it's it's an probably one of the first hymns that was saying and it covers the entire gospel pretty much uh both like it, you can almost see the apostles creed in in philippians chapter 2 um and paul is is showing us the humility of christ uh this song starts in heaven and ends in heaven so jesus gets off his throne and enters down into our story goes down down humbled all the way to death Mm -hmm. um and all the way down into the grave as far down as we could ever go and then uh, god is raises jesus up all the way up to the right hand of god the father it's it's the it's the new testament right there in (laughs) philippians chapter two and so um but what what Paul does is say, I want you to have the mindset of Christ, and here's the mindset. Mm-hmm. And that that's hard to to measure up to. Um, but the mindset is, uh, in Paul's words, is to consider others above yourself. Um, if you have been encouraged by uh, being united with Christ, if you have been strengthened by the Holy Spirit, if you have experienced tenderness and compassion of what Jesus has done, then you should have the mindset of Christ and consider others above yourself. And so we wrestle with what that looked like. Um, to have the mindset is to, to truly see people and to not worry about agendas and schedules and uh, to not be so concerned with um, our career or our kids' sports or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. that it doesn't allow us to be present in those people's lives that we've been united by the power of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. So that's that's kind of a brief overview of, of where we're at. Okay. So, um, so do we have a good definition of what presence means or do we need to go into that a little further? Yeah, no, I think... I think Presence. I, I don't know if I'm going to give you like a Webster's dictionary, but but I will say what it's not. What presence. It to, presence yeah, to is not like like you can be in a congregation, you can attend worship, you can even be in small groups mm-hmm. and not still not be present. Okay. And I don't just mean like the kid that's staring off into space or playing on a cell phone yeah. or whatever. 
What I'm talking about is is the people that are in community, but no one still knows them. No one knows your mm. fears and anxieties and struggles. Uh, you, no one knows that, like, um, no one knows that you have a, a surgery coming up, and so the body of Christ has not been able to pray for you or be present for you as you go into this surgery. Or no one knows what your family is facing. No one knows that, and so you haven't allowed anyone to be present in your life. And and if you aren't letting anyone in, then you're probably not extending yourself out in other ways. And so. Presence means moving past surface level and to truly sharing uh, those intimate parts of ourselves in different ways, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't share um, some of the deep struggles or uh, some of the deep difficulties that m- my marriage may face mm-hmm. with everybody. Like, I can't on a Sunday morning air that out in front of everyone. <laughs> but right. in trusted friendship within the body of Christ, it is my duty and responsibility to allow people to know what I'm going through um, so that they can support me and encourage me in love so that I can confess sin to people mm-hmm. and, and like and not stay where I'm at. So that's where I would go. Now, Jason, since um, like for those, if you weren't here uh, and didn't know what was going on, I based a lot of this um, juxtaposed against the hyper individualism of our culture, mm-hmm. and so individualism is crazy, crazy. I even I quoted a, a book I've been reading. Um, a pastor talks about in, in interacting with a, a famous uh, Arab psychiatrist um, from the Middle East, okay. and he talked. He was telling this pastor. Um, that he only studies psychosis. And so I talked for a few minutes of the difference between neurosis and psychosis. Psychosis is hallucinating and Mm -hmm. psychotic behavior. That's where we get that. And so it's like just really off the rails. It's like it's hard for us to relate to that unless we've been around it or seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hearing voices and things like that. It's really, really out there. Neurosis is something that is not this clinical drastic thing. It's just a little bit off the path and it involves like anxiety and depression and things like that. And so this psychiatrist told this pastor, I have never had to study neurosis because neurosis doesn't exist in Middle East. It exists in the West because in the West, Americans don't have friends that they share their fears and anxieties with. And so in those places where you don't have relationships, neurosis develops, and it is the neurotic behavior that we see all over. Neurotic behavior can be um, compulsive buying and materialism. Yeah. It can be it can be uh, looking for greener grass on the other side of the fence in your marriage, and <laughs> it can look at just little things that are a little off and not rational and don't make sense. It can be depression. It can be uh, what a lot of our folks are facing uh, due to the, the the strenuous experience of Harvey and the long-term effects of that. That can push us into neurosis mm-hmm. because we don't have any friendships or any people that we've allowed to come into our inner circle and to experience and to process and to think through some of that. And so I thought that was profound and individual. Yeah, that's crazy yeah. To, to think about how yeah. other cultures, other you know, well, regions of the world, world are so different and or right we're well, the think, ones that differ. think about <laughs> think about the middle east and 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 really really all the east you think about the asian oh, uh, sure, countries yeah. and they value community so much mm-hmm. that like for example when i was in uh, studying business in my undergrad i mean we learned about like how to interact with other cultures and business mm-hmm. you you operate with people yeah, around the world exactly. so you would know some of this but um, like if you're ever doing business in the Asian culture, what you have to know is like for a board of execs, 
Um, no, no one person is going to do what we do in the West to make themselves stand out above everyone else because that carries serious shame mm. to be above your colleagues in your own workplace. Over here, you do whatever you can to climb the <laughs> ladder. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, that's th- that's the kind of thing that we see. The same thing with a family, like to to shame your family over in in other cultures is completely different than what we have. Mm. We we have some guilt in our culture and and stuff like that, but we don't experience some of the heavy shame of 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 hurting people around us that other cultures do. Anyways, I say all that to say in Middle East and other continent and in other uh, cultures, yeah. they have people that they're friends with. They share that. It's common. It's something that is expected. In the West, we put our guards up. We are taught from the very moment that we start to talk and walk around that you don't let people see you sweat. Yeah. You don't let people <laughs> see you struggle. You pretend like everything's okay. Uh, you you keep up with the neighbors and all of that. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. And that is really counterintuitive to what the church has to be and is called to be makes sense yeah that's really fascinating i'm into that yeah so anyway so that that's kind of where as a christian my what i was trying to say uh sunday is the answer is not simply just jump into community because i don't i don't think that's putting a band-aid on it Mm -hmm. the answer then is to allow ourselves to have the mindset of christ so allowing god to transform us and take away those masks and break down those walls so that we can start to consider other people above ourselves. And remember I said that prayer is the foundation. Mm -hmm. And so prayer is what drives all of this, trusting that the Holy Spirit is is the one who unites us and that we spend time with God and me spending time with the Father uh, that allows me to love other people above above myself, mm-hmm. and so that is critical. And so we spent some time discussing that. I very quickly said uh, the way that we have the mindset of Christ is that we we just start to imitate Christ. Yeah. And so uh, I could quote scholars all over the place that talked about the imitation of Christ, Thomas Aquinas, others that talked about how important it is to start imitating, and God transforms our heart through that. And so in the past, I've talked about in in actually being present for someone or being in someone's life, the paradox is that God gives me love for that person as I'm doing it in obedience. Mm-hmm. So even if your yes is just in obedience, I believe that that is part of how we start to develop the, the mindset of Christ. Cool. Very cool. Make sense? Yes, sir. Okay. Next piece that I want to tell us about. Do you have any questions? Oh, you know what? I want to ask you this, Jason. This is this presence idea is so important, and it's it sounds kind of um, uh, f- like buzzword, mm-hmm. right? You need to be you need to be present in people's right, lives, right. and so I want to ask you practically because I've seen since you and I have been friends, I've seen you go on a journey mm-hmm. where you have been more present in other people's lives, and you have allowed other people to be more present in your lives. Not that you were a hermit when I got here, but Close. but you've you've pushed into some really cool relationships, yeah. and so tell tell me tell us a little bit about why that's been important. What's been so uh, transformative about that, and what did that shift look like? Like, how did you do it, and and why was that so important? Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, just at some point, just a few years ago, uh, I had been going through some some um, work troubles, you know, looking for a new job because mm-hmm. my other one was going away, and I actually had to leave the state and leave my family behind for 
for uh, several months. Yeah. And um, but something happened when I was up there, and I felt like I had to reach out to a to a church and kind of find a church home while I was away from home. And that started. That's really what kind of got this ball rolling for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, when I came back, um, which I was so happy to do, um, I immediately decided, you know, I, I want to be more involved. I want to help out. I was really into the AV, uh, mm-hmm. audiovisual stuff, mm-hmm. and working. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to help out in the Vine. And I started building relationships, not only with the folks I was working with. Yeah, right. Very closely, but with the church as a whole mm-hmm. and um, getting to know members of the staff a lot better than I ever did. I mean, I just kind mm-hmm. of, I was just a guy who sat on a back pew for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm like, active yeah know, very active in, in, yeah. in everything that's going on around here um and as a result i've just i felt kind of exactly what you're talking about that i'm being present for others and i'm feeling the presence of others mm-hmm. in yeah. my life as yeah. well um and it goes not just to church it's everywhere like the checker at the grocery store you know yeah. I, I feel like i'm really connecting with those people when yeah they're i see them having a, a hard time or bad day and i just kind of now you talk, notice it. I notice and it, and you feel confident. So to that ask was them about that was a very big point. Is that that's cool? Before I was ignorant, I was I was I don't want to say ignorant, but I was ignoring mm-hmm. everything going on around me. Um, just wasn't really paying attention. I was worried about just doing my thing and getting not moving on with my life. But now I'm actually actively looking for that kind of mm-hmm. those opportunities to interact with people. And as a result, the interactions I get back are rewarding to me as well. So what is what has been so um, What's been so important about being present in a small group and a band group? Mm-hmm. Like, what what about that, being present for other people and then being present for you has helped you in your journey with Christ? It's been really remarkable because it seemed to happen so fast. A lot of, a lot of things when you're talking, I was thinking, you know, this isn't something that just happens overnight. Right. You, know, you have to get in and, right. and be present, and, and it, it takes a while. Yeah. But I was actually— And it's awkward at first. It's very awkward, yeah. 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 But I was actually— str- struck by how quickly it does you do start feeling differences yeah in, in your presence mm-hmm. um one of our groups started um we've got one of those little messenger gaps you know group me or whatever and mm-hmm. we, we send uh regularly like daily uh mm-hmm. text to each other mm-hmm. saying hey i'm praying for you or i saw this scripture in my devotional and and it meant something to me and then shared it with others and invariably like weekly we get i get a response from or we respond to someone who sent a text that says wow my devotional the one i'm looking at didn't quite hit me the right way but the one you got yeah and you shared with me mm-hmm. was speaking to exactly to what i needed right then and there yeah and that's so cool it's crazy and we just get um constantly you know you get a little like and says wow that's that's exactly what i'm going through right now at this very minute mm. And, you know, they're at work, I'm at work, mm-hmm. you know, miles and miles away, but somehow this connection that we're built up. Yeah, it's almost up. it's almost like God God is more concerned about building y'all together than building a bunch of individual parts. Yeah, for sure. I'm telling you, when we when we get into this and it's awkward and it's <laughs> tricky and it's well, who's gonna be in my group and how do I get this started mm-hmm. and all all of those things can be tough. Uh, and we keep coming back to small groups because it's it's really been so important for us. I get that, um, but I think that we learn how to be present for other people. And you said that um, being present in other people's lives that are even outside the church. Yeah. 
we learn what presence is by actually being in intimate relationships with others. Mm-hmm. Period. And we've actually uh, we've had inc- uh, incidences, not incident, um, circumstances where like someone has texted and said, you know what, I need some prayer right now. Yeah. And um, everybody's like, okay, cool, we'll pray for you. But it didn't just stop at that. You know, the yeah. prayer happened. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the next time we see that person, we're like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, man, I felt that prayer. I really yeah. did. And yeah. things got better. Yeah. And this happened. Yeah. And you're just blown away. Huge. It's amazing. Huge. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, well, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think that that's, uh, that is so important for us and something that we can learn from. I think it's really important for for us to, to think about church membership and as a body to be committed. And so when we, when we w- go through this journey, we're going to talk about what it is. We've already talked about praying for each other and, and spending time with God. Now we're talking about being present for each other. We're talking about giving and mm-hmm. supporting and and to uh, serve and things like that. And so these are so interlinked. And, and so if you're listening to this, stay, stay in tune for, for everything else that's going on. Well, let me sit, tell you a little, another little piece about how we can be present in those uh, people's lives that, um, that could use some presence of some, some believers. Uh, we are very aware that um, members of our church and the greater community are still struggling mm-hmm. um, a lot with with um, Hurricane Harvey stuff, and so the the leadership has been praying about what what's the next phase um, of relief and and what do we do? And so we began um, first. We realized, and I'll say this is really important that for most of the leadership that were not flooded, um, we've been a part of relief and not been in the middle of it like mm-hmm. a lot of our folks have. And so it was important for us not to make decisions in isolation without hearing from the mouth of folks uh, that have been through this what is needed and and to consider how we can reach folks. Mm -hmm. And so um, Beth Slaughter, um, the Slaughters have been through it and and have openly shared how how difficult it's been for them. And so, um, but Beth has gotten to the point where she she feels God pulling her into a place of of now giving back and Mm -hmm. serving and she organized some some ladies and friends to go clean yards just ad hoc kind of gather pray together and go clean up someone's yard because that's a psychological thing to yeah, have for sure. to have glass shards <laughs> out of the front yard yeah. and so uh anyways but we knew that she would be the right person to to speak to others that have been through it and say hey it's okay for you to ask for help um because it was it was in others presence in my life that I was able to get through it. And mm-hmm. so it was cool to hear that message from Beth. And um, so she shared that with us Sunday. You'll see that testimony out in social media and on their website very soon. Um, but we introduced a four-phase response. First, we still have money. We're, we're about to receive another grant uh, where we're going to have more funds to distribute. And so if you are in financial binds um, or you know neighbors, uh, and let me say this before I get too far into it. Even as we do this, we know that people are still not going to ask for help or they don't know what they need (laughs) because we're hearing stories that they're just disillusioned at this point. Mm -hmm. And so those of you that have neighbors and and friends and family members that are going through this, you may have to be our caseworker and Mm. go and and help us see what the need is. And so our four-phase response is going to be financial, 
and furniture and appliances. So if someone says, I, I, we, we have nowhere to sleep right now, we need a bed, mm-hmm. um, or uh, we, we just need some, we still need some money, that's available. So you can go on our website and you can request that. Second phase is if it's people that need labor. Well, we need people to clean out your yard, to move furniture, um, to do some minor construction work, whatever it is. Um, so, n- not whatever, but some of the minor stuff we yeah, can do. Yeah. Um, then you can you can request that, and we have volunteers already signed up and ready to uh, get together in teams and be sent out. That's awesome. And so then our th- uh, the third phase is spiritual. We realize that we're hearing from folks that um, marriages are are really being strained. Mm-hmm. Uh, families are just getting jacked jacked with here. This is a spiritual warfare fight. This is this is something that's really serious, and so we we realize that. So we're relaunching our um, support group. So that'll begin, I think, uh, next Monday on May seventh. Okay. Um, that'll take place at the church. Information on the website. It's going to be led by licensed counselors and pastors and things like that. And so um, if you feel that and and need to be a part of that, please do. Listen, if you're out there and your marriage is getting pulled in different directions and your family is in chaos or you you don't even know what's wrong but you feel like something's wrong, please consider coming to be a part of this. Mm allow people to be present in your life and this is a great step so we can talk through some things and and this will also be a place that we can onboard for the other resources the fourth thing that we're doing in response is we're hosting teams from around the the country almost every week from all over the place like we just heard of another group of 75 high school kids that are coming to stay at our church in june and so i think there's a group right now and there's people all the time so we're gonna we need uh volunteers to help us host know that the phase is people are already coming we're staying um and so we need folks to help us organize meals and make sure they Mm -hmm. get in okay and just check in with them and be contact people for us so all that to say our website this week you'll see a, a a scrolling banner on the front website that that denotes our new phase of response called Hope Beyond Harvey. Mm -hmm. And so if you click on that or if you, uh, in the search engine on our website, if you search for Harvey, you can pull up that website and you'll find the application for finance and and, uh, furniture and appliances. You'll see the application for uh, labor and work. You'll see a survey that uh, you can fill out to let us know how you're doing and what everything looks like. You'll see a sign-up so that if you want to volunteer and want to be a part of this, then you can fill this out and let us know what your availability is. If you can be a part of helping us host, um, then you can sign up on there. So we'll have both people that are looking for assistance and people that can assist going through this website. Let me reiterate we need your help. So your neighbors, your friends, and your family members, I want you to get familiar with this website, and you may have to fill this form out Mm -hmm. for them, but do it, please. Um, Because if you have a relationship with someone, you can better get in there and assess what's going on and be able to recommend some things, Um, and that would would make a world of difference. We want to be present in Kingwood. We want the community to know that we're here, we're praying, we're fighting, and we know that this is a five-year recovery and not a 10-month recovery yeah. and so um that'll be that'll be rolling out this week and, and i'm excited to introduce that very good questions did it, did it sound like i cover all that i think so okay i feel like um i didn't miss too much anymore uh, from last sunday yeah you feel I present feel, I'm, now I'm caught up with present <laughs> i'll check that okay oh. good good um this week we look at gifts and um yeah. Senior Sunday in the sanctuary, so we're celebrating seniors. We've got confirmation coming around the corner, all kinds of stuff coming up. It's going to be a busy month. 
Um, Ryan, our worship leader, will be back in the Vine this week. Oh, almost forgot. Right after the 11 o'clock Vine this week, we're having a a cake and welcome party for Ryan and Jane, our new worship leader and his wife. Um, so uh, bring bring card and come say hi and hang out and be present for some cake. Be present for <laughs> some cake. All right. Well, that's it. Let's put a bow on it. Thanks Thank so you, much. Jason. We love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.